Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in, 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports. Uh. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show, All-Star Edition. Of Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and yes, it is here, the NBA intermission, although they're 50 games in, it's not exactly halfway, but it is the all star break up in the T dot, Toronto. We're going to talk about it. Give us a call, let's have some fun. 718 664 9098. And like always, your emails, today at gmail.com, rayandtaytoday.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes. We're here for you. And, you know, we'll get you ready for your Valentine's weekend. Some, some of you guys might have to convince your, uh, your dear sweet love that you got to watch a little bit of basketball. And maybe you say, hey, I can watch the game Sunday on Valentine's Day, but I'm taking you out Friday or Saturday. You know, you gotta you gotta mix it up. So we're, is that we're, how Tay's rolling? Is that Tay's technique? That's how Tay's rolling, man. I gotta take Wifey out tonight, and then I can take the uh, the, the the young USA versus the world. Watch that in the morning or later tonight, and uh, then I get Saturday and Sunday. You know, kind of I get to watch a little. And then we got the Grammys on Monday, but we'll be back on Monday to talk about that as well. So anyway, it's President's Weekend, it's Valentine's Weekend, it's NBA All Star Weekend. Ray will end the show with a little bit of college hoops and some NFL news and, and, and just some debates and issues going on still with Terrell Owens and Cam. But the, we're at the halfway point, a little bit past it. Everyone knows what the story is. It's the Golden State Warriors. What I want to ask you, and we'll get into some of the trade rumors, two things. One, with the current rosters, who actually in the West or the East has the best chance to prevent the Warriors from repeating. And then with trades, depending on some of the rumors and what could happen in trades, who do you think will go for it to try to stop the Warriors from repeating? Warriors! So, so one thing it's all about, about them, Warriors, right? They're, they're, is they're young. So, Oof. If you're thinking about making a trade, you know, think wisely because these guys are going to be there for a while. And with this new NBA and the new rules in the NBA, the Warriors aren't going anywhere. So having said that, right now in the West, right, the Warriors have to get through the West. So right now in the West, the Clippers are a mess. I would have said Clippers – and Houston roster-wise, beginning of the season, Clippers and, Ro- and, and Houston roster-wise have a shot, but until Blake comes back and is in full swing, and, and uh, Houston's just a mess. Houston's going to get blown up. So they're out. So it really comes down to... They're the ninth seed right now. You realize where the Rockets are. Crazy. And so now people realize it was not Kevin McHale. So Oh, of so, course. And we said that. Yeah, I mean, we, we knew that, but... Um, and no disrespect to Bernie Bickerstaff, but he's a 37-year-old first-time head coach. So Not Bernie, J.B., baby. I'm sorry, Bernie's son, J.B. Bickerstaff. <laughs> and so, we love Bernie. We're old school, right? We love Bernie. Oh, yeah, Bernie. Nugget, Bernie Bickerstaff. If it, Bernie. if it was Bernie Bickerstaff, you'd feel better about that team, wouldn't you? Yeah, because he slaps some sense into some of these young players that they have on that team. And here's the other thing about Houston. Daryl Morey is a big stats guy and is a big, you know, money ball applied to basketball. So 
Does that mean that now the NBA is going to take a second look at that money ball? Because at the the end of the day, it's a team sport. So unlike baseball, which is also a team sport, but you don't pass, you don't – you know, transition from offense to defense. So it's a lot easier to play money ball, or I shouldn't say easier. It's it's more directly applicable in a sport like baseball than it is in a sport like basketball, where five people have to be a cohesive unit. But that's a discussion for another day. Back to the original question. Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Cleveland, and unfortunately, I don't think Chicago with their injuries and Toronto doesn't have enough uh, enough firepower. So it really comes down to those three teams. And what's interesting is all three teams are totally different. So the only way I think Golden State loses is if, San, for San Antonio, is if they stretch the game out and San Antonio's bench is able to deliver. If the starters negate each other and then San Antonio's bench delivers in a long, drawn-out seven-game series, I think that's one way to win. The Oklahoma City Thunder have two of the best five players, and they basically have to say, my my best is better than your best. So Russell Westbrook just takes it to Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. And Kevin Durant is unguardable, even by an excellent defender, excellent defenders that they can throw at him, and Draymond Green and and, uh, uh, Igudala and Barnes and anybody else, Livingston, who wants to guard him. So, to me, it's two different styles. And ultimately, Cleveland could beat them if Golden State, who's still a young team, goes through, let's say, an easy first round, but a six- or a seven-game second round, a seven-game third round, and then Cleveland just controls the tempo and just wins ugly. Two or three games in the low 70s, sorry, low 80s, and just they pound the ball into the ground and they just limit the number of possessions, limit the number of breakouts, and then Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and LeBron James are still better than Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. So fewer possessions, fewer touches. My big three is better than your big three. That's the only way, you know, that's the formula for each of those three teams, in my opinion. Well, I'm going to take you down the same road and and agree on most of it. I, I truly believe that in the West, OKC's got a legitimate shot. They just, you know, like, like in that game on that Super Bowl Saturday night, you can't go away from Cantor and start chucking up threes at the end of the game because Cantor was getting busy, and then you go away from him. I think Cantor and Ibaka have got to be legitimate 13 to 18-point scorers in a seven-game series for them to get over Golden State. You know what Westbrook and Durant are going to do. The Spurs, yes, the bench, but it's really more about the dynamic duo, and that duo is Kawhi and LaMarcus. If the two of them throw in big fundamentals, can really do things, and Parker can make Curry defend him, the Spurs could very easily be getting a championship this year. And unlike you, I I wouldn't knock out the Clippers yet because I think this helps. Without Blake, they're learning and trusting other players to do what they need to do. And when they bring him back in, and we saw what he did in the playoffs, and we know his stats, and he's just – ridiculous. I They're think, doing great, right? They're like 12 and yeah. 3 without him. Oh, I think it was like, 30, yeah, even 14 and 4 now. I mean, they, they've been rocking and rolling, but I'll say this, you know, CP3, quiet as kept, you know, and, and some some purists would say still the best point guard in the NBA. Don't get it twisted. Offense and defense. Listen, people get excited and we'll talk about the ESPN Top 25 and Ray and Tay's Top 25 in a minute, but at the end of the day, you in basketball have to be judged for playing offense and defense. So let's not forget that boys and girls at home and the Clippers, I think still have a shot. Look, Memphis lost Marcus Saul. We uh, very sad to hear that as NBA fans. We love that Grizzly team. They're done. We don't believe in Dallas, Portland, or Utah, or even if Houston or Sacramento can wake up and scramble and get in the bottom half, there's no shot. So in the West, I still think two, three, and four have a chance. In the East, it's really just Cleveland, like you said. I did love the Bulls, but too many injuries. And I'll say this. 
give Toronto props. They go into this all-star break playing amazing basketball. We know about Lowry, as Ray likes to say, <laughs> and oh, DeMar DeRozan. Right? But once they get Damari Carroll back and Sciola's doing his thing and Valentunas, if this team does make a move, and we know that, look, Atlanta's looking to move Al Hofer maybe to Boston, maybe Toronto could jump in, maybe somebody shocks you and gets Dwight Howard. I, I don't want to put Toronto totally out of anything yet, just because if they can get a, a, a changing piece inside, a scoring piece inside, I, I do like their wings and Corey Joseph, the backup point guard. Lowry and DeRozan are explosive. We like Terrence Ross. So they, they've got, and Carroll's great, plays great defense. So they've got a slim shot. I mean, basically, you're probably looking at Toronto and Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals, unless John Wall has something to say about it. Because let me tell you what the way that John Wizzy's been playing lately, Ray, and also we do like the Miami Heat. You know, you, you, you wonder if Washington could somehow get it together, get into the playoffs, seventh, sixth, eighth seed. You just don't know if they could get healthy, what Wall and Beal could do. And maybe they make a move. So, I don't know. Let me ask you this, though. Howard, do the Rockets trade him? He's probably going to opt out. He can become a free agent. Is it worth keeping Dwight Howard? Or do you try to move him because you're not winning with him anyway? Get back no, value. You don't, you don't, yeah, I, I say it's time. The West but where, is brutal. Where? You had a chance last year, actually. You finished second in the West, 57 wins. You were a minute away from you know, winning the Western Conference, believe it or not. But this this, this team, break it up. It's not happening. And, you know, I don't know what Dwight Howard is thinking. What, he opts out and then what? This is his last big contract of his career? Because who who wants Dwight Howard? I mean, obviously people want him because he's talented. But you need a really strong leader and a really strong, I would say, maybe point guard and coach to take Dwight Howard. What is the Boston Celtics take Dwight Howard? Or the Atlanta Hawks? For what? what, Where where do the Boston Celtics go from there? I mean, I think there are a few players away. Uh, What, do the Hawks, what, trade trade Al Horford away, let's say, to Toronto or somewhere else and then put Dwight Howard in his place? I mean, look, Dwight Howard's a great player and he'll put up great numbers and he'll be a Hall of Famer. But I think we've seen that he can't carry your team. So, Oh, his best days are behind him, and we spoke about that in the previous show, remember? I mean, I really in think some that- ways, In some ways, if you embrace that, you could win a championship with Dwight Howard. So, but it takes oh, a strong leader and a strong point to say, look, Dwight, you're not the Dwight Howard that led the O nine that led the O nine Orlando Magic to the finals and lost with it was four one to the Lakers. You're the Dwight Howard that can still score fifteen to eighteen and can still pull twelve boards. So that's phenomenal in this day and age of the NBA where everybody wants to be a stretch four. So go do your thing and let the star of the team, fill in the blank, run the team, let the point guard do his thing, let the other leading scorer do his thing, and you just be the man on defense. Give us, you know, 15 to 18 on offense. You're not the star. All the pressure's off. You can smile and have fun and everything, but when it comes time to March, April, May, June, we're trying to win a championship. So, you know, check the smile in about March. Check it to the side put a little more serious face on, and let's go. Do you want to win a championship, or do you want to be the guy that was Superman and the dunk contest and and everybody's likable Dwight and, you know, the guy that Kobe called out for not being, uh, you know, tough enough and not being into winning enough, or do you want to be that, that guy that at least puts a ring on his finger? I totally agree. He needs to be not the piece, not the major piece, but a piece of the puzzle to a roster. And, you know, I, I would say that I think Dwight's got to look in the mirror because I don't know if he's willing or ready to sort of admit that yet. And that's part of the problem. And I think that's also why, look, it, it, it's, it's not working. You brought back Josh Smith, you know, it, it's just not, 
it's not going to happen in Houston and they need to sort of accept that. So we'll, we'll talk about trades, you know, a little bit more after the break. You know, we're hearing the rumors that different teams might, you know, Boston might get out Hoffer, the Knicks might get Teague. We'll see what happens. We'll talk about it. But let's talk All-Star, baby. Let's talk All-Star weekend. You know, we've already gone over it. Everybody knows the rosters and stuff like that. Let's look at some of the uh, the events and maybe we can, you know, break down our thoughts, get some predictions, have some fun talking NBA All-Star weekend. So tonight, is it, it, it's kind of just you know, simple. It's them young boys, as you were talking about, the USA versus the world. And that's kind of fun. I mean, it's it's got to a place where it used to be freshmen against sophomores and they sort of, you know, switched that. And I actually kind of, kind of like this. I think this is a, an interesting thing. Let, let's go European first and let's talk about the world because, you know, you've got... No, no, no. I'm sorry. It is the whole world, and we got everybody. So you got your boyfriend in the Nets, Boran Bogdanovich. You, you've got um, Clint Capella, Clint Capella. Clint Capella. Yeah. from the yeah. Rockets. Uh, you, you've got Mario Herzonga, who we, you know, we saw glimpses from. He's kind of slowed down a little bit in Denver. Um, in Orlando. I don't know how you, Oh, sorry, in Orlando. Yeah, I was thinking about it. He should have been in Denver. Uh, Nikolai uh, Jovic um, from the Nuggets. This kid, you know, has got, you know, some skills. Of course, Nikolai Miratek from the Celtics. I mean, from the Bulls. You really like him. Um, but he got injured. And then he's – who's the – oh, the replacement is our boy. Trey Lyles. Now, where's Trey Lyles from that he's – from Utah. Player. He's from Utah. No, but I know, no, I know where he plays. But where is he from? Oh, he's from Canada? I think Trey. I think Trey is Canadian, and then the first I believe, he unless he's from the island, could be from the island. You know, you got the Emmanuel. We got look that up. We got Moutier from the Nuggets. The Nuggets got a bunch of young boys, and then our boy Raul Neto from the Jazz, right? So the Jazz have some young guys, and then our man Chris Porzingis. Ray, I am so proud and excited. And then Dwight Powell from the Mavs. Um, so we got to figure out where he's from. You know, they couldn't bring in Gorgie Dang and all them guys. And then, oh, oh, and of course, Anthony Wiggins, the star of the team. Andrew so, Wiggins is probably yeah. the one guy you would say on this roster that is really star, you know, waiting to break out. I mean, Moutier might be, Kristaps Porzingis is, is probably the, the, you know, the guy from this year. But you, you figure Wiggins has got a year and a half under his belt. That's like, all right, now it's time to catch your wings and really start flying. I think he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna take over. He's look, it's Canada. He's a hometown kid. He's not doing the dunk contest. He's leaving that to his teammates. So he's like, this is my game to kind of show off. And we know this young roster of the Warriors. Is, I mean, of the Timberwolves has just been going crazy this year. Um, the games that Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins are putting up are so impressive. So then the USA roster, Ray, why don't you tell us the USA roster, which is looking pretty good, led by Jordan Clarkson up top there. You like Jordan Clarkson? That's your guy? Ah. So the USA <laughs> roster, yeah, Jordan Clarkson from the Lakers, Rodney Hood, my lefty. You know you got to have lefty on the squad, right? My lefty Utah, there from Utah. third jazz player. That's the third another, one. I was about to say, another Utah jazz player, so good for them. And this isn't even, you know, their best players. Yeah. Zach Levine, who's going to be in this game and the dunk contest, so hopefully he won't be too tired when he gets to Saturday and needs to dunk. Um, yeah. Devin Booker replacing the injured Nerlens Noel, which is too bad because I actually did want to see our boy Nerlens. Would have been nice to see him. Yeah, would have been nice to see him with Okafor together. But hey, but good for Booker. Good for Booker, Ray. Let me say this real quick. Good for Booker because since he started to start with all the Phoenixes, uh, you know, and that team is a mess. We won't even talk about Marquise Morris and choking Goodwin and just the drama in Phoenix. But Devin Booker was averaging 17 a game in his last six games once he started to start for the Suns. So kudos to the young kid from Kentucky. He's balling out. What up, Dev? Yeah. Uh, Jabari Parker coming up back from the devastating knee injury that he had. The number two pick last year. 
Alfred Payton, the point guard from the Magic, young up-and-comer. D'Angelo Russell got off to a bad start, but is now starting to figure out life as an NBA player. So I like to see him. I like to see what what he does. And you know he's a lefty, so that excites me too. (laughs) All about right the left. Mark is smart from the Boston Celtics, starting to be more consistent. Yeah. Yeah. The number four, yeah, number three. They've been jump. They jumped up to three last week uh, in the top. And then this year's number one overall pick, Carl Anthony Towns from the the Minnesota Timberwolves, who's giving you all that you wanted from a number one overall seed. So, so give me a prediction. I have to say, I think the U.S. squad is a little bit better. I think that they're two big men. You have Towns and Okafor. In there, you have Parker and Peyton and Russell. I just think that the, the U.S. squad is too tough. I like the U.S. squad. I think that uh, Andrew Wiggins is going to show out great in a losing yeah. effort, but ultimately, I like this U.S. team pretty easily. I think I, I, scores are so ridiculous in these games, but you know, <laughs> I'll say they'll win by 15. Um, I'd have to agree. I don't know about by 15, just because. I, I, I could see the, the world trying to keep it close, but two guys that people don't think about that are going to have great games in this one, Rodney Hood, ladies and gentlemen, he has figured it out from Duke, and he's balling in Utah. And I think Jordan Clarkson wants to make a statement. Maybe you see him and Russell together with uh, Hood in a small lineup, you know, or even if they go four guards with Zach Levine, Hood, and then have all four of them play with like an Okafor or a Towns at some time. And then we might see Jabari want to kind of redefine himself. Maybe Jabari steps up and, and says, wait a minute, I used to be. Because he's not having a great year right now. So oh, let, I'm let's disappointed see in yeah. his comeback year. The but Bucks, you know what? Disappointed in the, Bucks. the Bucks have not played well either. So, you know, we got to be fair about that. We thought they'd have a much better season. So then we have the uh, – Dunk con- well, next is the three-point contest, but to me, that's the, the top billing. So I want to give that its top billing because the dunk is not as cool as the three-point right now. The dunk is basic. I got to be honest, not too interested if I'm being fair. Dunk, you know, dunk is something near and dear to our hearts. All the great players have been in it. Jordan, Dr. J, you know, all the way back to David Thompson, uh, Kobe. Larry uh, Nance, Kobe, even. Larry Julius Nance. Irving. Vince Vince Carter, Carter. Tracy McGrady, everybody did it except for LeBron. So shame on boo, Rayante boo LeBron James for never participating, an official boo, for never participating in the dunk competition. Not only that, but let me me chime in here. Not only that, but also releasing these YouTube videos. Every year. Like throws it off the rafters and off the, (laughs) you know, chair and behind his neck and through the – and it's like, really, LeBron? Why are you going to tease us like that? Do it in the contest. Yeah, it's shameful. Stamp your legacy, and everybody before you did it, like you said, Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan and Kobe, and and just do it once. Just yeah, do it once. Dominique. Dwight Howard did it, and, and your boy Blake Griffin did it. Nate Robinson did it. <laughs> oh, props to Nate. Props to Nate and D Brown. Don't forget D Brown. So this year we got Zach Levine, defending champ. Okay, we saw what he did last year. He kind of brought it back. At least he was exciting for the Timberwolves. Will Barton. From Portland, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, from Denver, ex-Portland player. I, you know, maybe Will's got a little hops. I've seen him jump a little, but I'm not interested. I hate to say it. Aaron Gordon. Five though. He's the perfect size. No, no, it's a perfect size. But then the two big guys, Aaron Gordon, who's 6'9", uh, young magic forward. He's got hops. He's talented, ex-Arizona Wildcat, but eh, I don't care. And then I love Andre Drummond. Don't get me wrong, but I don't need to see a seven-footer in the dunk contest. I think Dwight was pushing it back in the day. Sean Kemp was amazing. But Andre Drummond, really, do you care about Drummond in the dunk contest? I think this this is horrible. I think this is Zach Levine's to run away with. And it's unfortunate that there's only four players and two of them are big men. And one of them. We grew up, and that was the best amount. Yeah, this is horrible. I mean, and there's so many young bucks. What? I guess I guess Wiggins didn't want to. Maybe he didn't want to upstage his teammate. Maybe he wanted no, to yeah. focus on the game and not be known as a dunker. McDonald's. He lost the one to McDonald's and he didn't win that, so he's like, oh, I don't want to do it again. 
And he, he figures Zach is better than him. We both predict Zach. Let's, let's move on from that dunk. It's like ho-hum. So three-point, why don't you break down the three-point defending champ? Let's see if Curry could hold off everybody. Ooh. Well, you know, we also got the skills contest. But the real, you know, marquee event of the night is going to be the three-point shooting contest. And this contest has some star power. So the one oddball in this event is Chris Bosh. So he's the big man, lefty though, who's participating <laughs> in this event. And you say to yourself, is a 6'9", 6'10 player going to actually compete in this event and is not named Dirk Nowitzki, you know, or Larry Bird? So I think we'll Bosch see might how he do well, does. He doesn't jump yeah. much. I think Bosch will do well. I just don't know if he's that good a shooter. I mean, forget about jumping. I mean, saving your energy is cool and everything. And, you know, we've had guys like Detlef Schrem. But he's won the skills competition two years in a row with the current player, the WNBA player, and the veteran, him and Dominique. No, he's he's very talented. But, but look, three-point shooting is a a specialty, is an art. And I'm not sure he's a a pure three-point shooter. But we'll run down the roster. We got Steph Curry from the Golden State Warriors, defending champ. My main lefty, James Harden from the Houston Rockets. Clay Thompson, another Golden State Warrior, same backcourt. An underrated player. We might need to do a segment about him. Chris Middleton from the Milwaukee Bucks. Not a pure shooter, not a pure scorer, but a great all-around defender, just a baller. Like a a guy that you want on your team. Yeah, I like him. My man, the little man, Kyle Lowry, the deserving all-star playing at home. Hometown favorite. Maybe the, you know, in the pure category, J.J. Redick is up there with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, maybe the purest of the pure, J.J. Redick from the L.A. Clippers. And, and then, then finally, Devin Booker from your Phoenix Suns, who, like you said, is playing very well yep. last 10 or 15 games. Who are you picking, man? Who are you picking? <sighs> you know, Steph Curry is going to get all the billing. But I'm actually going with his partner, Clay Thompson. I'm gonna say Clay. He's tall. He doesn't jump. He conserves his energy. Uh, I think I, I like Clay Thompson to win this one. You going with Clay this year? We got a caller or just a listener? I think we got a call. Okay, listener here. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not mad at that. I don't think it's Curry or Clay. I think they've been lighting up too much in the games, and I can see Harden want to make a statement and win. But for some reason, I'm going with the young blood. My man, Devin Booker from DB. Phoenix. Phoenix okay. needs something good happen in their lives, and I think it's going to be Devin Booker between the rookie game and the, uh, the three-point. I think that Devin Booker is going to kind of shine this weekend. So real quick in the skills, the, just the, especially the – let's just talk about the point guard battle. So you got got um, Patrick Beverly from the Rockets, C.J. McCullough, Ray's guy from the Toronto um, Blazers, Isaiah Thomas, first time, uh, you know, all-star from the Celtics. And my man, Jordan Clarkson from the Lakers. That's my, my son's favorite team, my oldest son. So he, he's all about the Lakers. What do you, who do you think is going to win? We, obviously, they normally have bigger names in this each year. But this is going to be kind of fun. I, I like how fast Isaiah Thomas is. But uh, who are you going with? How are these big men going to compete? Draymond Green? No, 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 no. No, the big guys are going to be in the shooting. uh, Oh, that part of the drill, yeah. Yeah, they're in the other part of the skills, yeah. So, you know what? I think your guy, Isaiah Thomas, the shortest guy is going to be the biggest star in the skills competition just because he is – he's got a chip on his shoulder too. You know, yeah, he remember does. he was brought to Phoenix and, you know, he was good in Sacramento, but he was kind of in no man's land. Then they brought him to Phoenix, but they had three point guards and then they got rid of him. And then they just kind of unceremoniously shipped him off to Boston. And you know what? He's been doing work. He is a deserving all-star 21 and six, and he's got skills. So I'm taking the five, nine with your shoes on Isaiah Thomas, not that Isaiah Thomas. The other Isaiah. Who we'll talk about in a couple of minutes, but that Isaiah Thomas. I'm going to take Isaiah Thomas, too, but I'll say watch out for C.J. McCollum. And the big guys, I think they're going to be matched up with the WNBA player and the uh, and the veteran. You know, I got to say, I'll go with Draymond Green. 
I don't know what veteran and WNBA player he's going to be with. They didn't make that announcement, but I'm going to go with Draymond Green because I think he's, I think he's ready to push that envelope to make you eat those words that the Cavs big three is better than the Warriors big three. I think a lot of people would debate you on that one because Draymond Green, I don't know if Kevin Love's better than him player. Draymond's for real. So, you know, hopefully we'll see in June. So let's, let's, let's talk about a little something, man, because Ray and Tay, we did our top 15 uh, all-time players a couple years ago, had a great response. We did it during the playoffs, and I actually don't even remember. We have it logged somewhere, but I don't remember what we had. So w- with ESPN coming out with this top 100, top 10 at each position, which we have to kind of look at that one day, but their top 25, which is, you know, something that got all the hype and the media attention, we kind of disagree with it in a lot of different ways. So we did our own. So how do you want to attack this? Do you want to kind of like, I think everybody knows what ESPN's top 10 is. Do you want to sort of Yeah, let's read it off so everybody, so the, the, the listeners know who ESPN has. And let's just start from there. And then we can kind of say where we agree and disagree. Okay, so ESPN has Michael Jordan 1, we both agree. Kareem 2, we both agree there. They have LeBron 3. We didn't, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. We, we'll just say where we agree. Magic 4, Wilt 5, Bird 6, Bill Russell 7, Duncan 8, Shaq 9, and Akeem Olajuwon 10. So that means Oscars at 11, Kobe at 12. So Ray and Tay. We'll go all the way to 15 maybe. Okay, okay. So at 13, they have Jerry West, the logo, 14, the doctor, Julius Irving, and at 15, just like Moses, no one knows this, Moses Malone. Um, Now, what they did was they did put two current younger players who have not really established their careers yet in there in terms of Steph Curry at 23 and Kevin Durant, who's not as young, but hasn't won a ring yet at 21. Ray and I kind of feel like if you're going to put in current players, you got to put in like a KG who's almost done, a Dirk. You know, they've got their rings. Obviously, where LeBron is is obvious. And, you know, and Kobe and Duncan because they're on the end and we kind of we've seen their rings. To put in Durant and Curry top 25, Ray and Tay totally disagree with that. So, Ray, why don't you give me, because we have some differences. Obviously, the first two, we agree. Jordan, Kareem, why don't you give me three through ten for Ray? Yeah, so just to piggyback off what you said, uh, totally agree that Kevin Durant, great player, Steph Curry, great player, talk to me in five years because right now, you know, they're (laughs) not better than Elgin Baylor. And if their careers were to end right now, I'm not saying they're not better players, but I'm saying if their careers were to end right now, they're not more accomplished than Allen Iverson and Isaiah Thomas (laughs) and Elgin Baylor and Dwayne Wade. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So they still have to play quite a few more seasons to get there. Not to say that they won't because that's why we have to revisit this list every two, three years. But as of right now, they don't make my top 25. Sorry, fellas. Too young. So – Starting with MJ, undeniable number one. I went two, three, four with the big men because they dominated the league. It was a league about big men. And the only knock, and this is why he's fourth, is that Wilt didn't win championships. He only won two. So Kareem has six, Russell has 11, and Wilt has two. So these guys were the dominant forces in the league. And for a decade or more, each of them, they just, every game you had to game plan against them. So I have Kareem number two, Russell number three, Wilt number four. Now you talk about the small forwards, the guards. I have Irvin Magic Johnson at number five because he has five rings. He went to four tight uh, championship series in law. Nah. So he's five yeah. and four. He wasn't, you know, undefeated, but he went to nine finals. Now, granted, he had a, a, a 
bomb squad of players with him, with Kareem and Worthy and, uh, you know, Rambis and Green and Byron Scott and Norm Nixon and Bob McAdoo and Jamal Wilkes, and the list goes on and on and on. But he won five. And LeBron's only two and four. So he's been six times, but he's only won twice. And you can say that that first 07 team was weak, and maybe this past the, the, the Cleveland team was weak, given that Kyrie and Love went down. But he should have won more in Miami. He shouldn't have lost that first one to Dallas. And, you know, the one he won against San Antonio took a Ray Allen miracle shot, and then and then they got dominated in that second, in that Second series in in, uh, yeah. in fourteen, so to me. All right, well, give, give us the rest. Give us the rest. Yeah, yeah. LeBron goes there, and then you start talking about the living legends. So you got Kobe at seven, a little bit ahead of Bird at eight, because Kobe's got five titles. Bird has three, and then Timmy, who also has five titles, is I'm at nine. I'll talk about mine in a minute, but I'm shocked that you have Timmy that low. Timmy at that. nine, Shaq at ten. Hakeem at 11, Oscar at 12, the doctor Julius Irving at 13, Moses at 14, and the logo, Jerry West at 15. Okay. And by the way, he's got my favorite player, Barkley, at 16. So you know I don't agree with him there. But, okay. So I definitely like, you know, I like your list and where you're going. I I realize in looking at my list that I did, I had it different from, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever. But, you know, your mind changes, changes and stuff like that. And I'll say this. Um, obviously, MJ and Kareem won two. I, I switched it up because before I had Russell at three, I went with Wilt just because I'm looking at the stats and the history and, and, and who Wilt played with compared to Russell. Wilt never had the teammates that Russell had. Russell had a bunch of Hall of Famers with him. And Sam Jones, you're talking about Kuzi, Havlicek, different, you know. But he uh, did in L.A. at the end. I mean, granted, he was at I the love, end of his career, but he know, had Gil Goodrich and Jerry West. And, and, and they lost, to, um, they lost to, the, to the great Willis Reed, you know. I mean, but I, I'm going to go I'm going to go with Elgin Willis Baylor. I'm going to go with Will three. And four, I actually have LBJ, LeBron James, and Russell at five. I had the reason Bill why Russell. And yes. Magic and, Johnson, if his career yeah. would end right now, two well, and four in the pro- finals. Well, I'm project I'm projecting it out though too. But also last year, that performance to me. Now, mind you, this Russell in Game Sevens averaged like I think thirty and nineteen, something crazy, right? Russell's just clutch. He's amazing. But I overall, I think LeBron is a three-dimensional player, offense, defense, and sort of the, 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 the passing, the little bit of everything that he does. <laughs> it's, 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 it, it puts him over Russell and Magic in the sense that so he can play the one, two, three, and four. I think LeBron James might wind up, when he's done, being four and five or maybe even five and four. We'll just see how it all plays out because now he's got all these obstacles or these great super teams. Maybe the NBA should expand. Who knows? Whatever it is. But I think LeBron's legacy is 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 on the rise, and that's why I have him at four because it's not written yet. Russell five, Magic six. Look, there's no debating on how great Russell and Magic are. You could you could flip it. Honestly, you could put Magic at two, and I wouldn't have a problem. I'm just being honest. That's how great I think he is. Um, but, you know, Kareem's Kareem. But where I definitely differ from you is Duncan is seven because, to me, Duncan has got to be ahead of Bird and Kobe in terms of just not only winning but even towards the end being a huge piece to winning and dominating He's basically changed the position, power forward. He's been the greatest power forward, and then towards the end, playing some center. He's Duncan is 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 the is the man right now. I, I just can't even imagine what he's done. Uh, what is he five and one in the finals? Yeah, he lost yeah, that I one mean, time. Five five and one. Kobe, I have Kobe. I have an eight. I have Shaq at nine. Oscar ten. You know, to me, lesson, like I told you, offense, defense, 
I can't put Bird that high because he would, you know, had the injury and he didn't play defense. Now Bird was a great passer, rebounder, everything. So Oscar ten because we know about Oscar Shaq. You just can't deny Shaq's, Shaq's stats. He has to be in the top ten wherever you put him. Then I have Dream Hakeem Olajuwon at eleven. It's hard not to put Dream higher, but I just when I thought about Oscar and I thought about Shaq, I'm like, oh man, it's you know it's just hard. All these players stack up against each other. They're so great. And Dream won his two championships when Jordan when Michael was gone, and then the other years, Dream was not close. That's see, that's where I had to knock Dream down because let's be honest, you know, Shaq did get that fourth ring with Dwayne Wade. Um, even right. though Wade got off in the finals, Shaq still was a big part of that team. It's not like Wade well, carried Well, Dream did Shaq. go in 86 when they lost, when he was he and Ralph yes, Sampson played Ralph. together. Yes, they went in 86, so he's 2-1 and one in finals. 2-1, which is not bad. And then I have my man Charles Barkley. He's just 0-1. Oh um, you know, but I think Barkley did everything. Rebounded, blocked shots, steals, assists, points, MVP. He should have won more MVPs. That's how great he was at 12. 13, that's where I put Larry Bird, because Larry Bird, to me, is not better than Charles Barkley. Wow. You know, you can say that. Wow. <laughs> he's not better. You I'm know sorry. I love Charles. Barkley. I, I'm sorry. Charles was – I love me some Charles. so but, dominant and did oh. everything. And, if you and talk Larry about Bird wasn't? And wait, wait. You talk about analytics. And even Moses. But wait a second. Wait a second. When you talk about analytics, remember, they used to have the statistical MVP – and Barkley won that three, four years in a row. Sporting News, I think, used to do it back in the day. It's pure stats, Barkley was the dominant player for years, even better than Michael sometimes. Okay, Bird, 13. 14, Dr. J, so we totally agree on that. And then 15, I think, where you had Moses, I had Jerry West. I went with Jerry West, and, you know, and then I dropped Moses down a little bit. Uh, the logo, then Carl Malone, Isaiah, you know, right there at 18 or whatever. So, you know, I, listen, and I still have Moses obviously high in my top, uh, you know, my top. I had him at 19. But um, let me ask you I this. Think you're under, we, I think you're understating Moses and Bird, but, but specifically Moses. Moses. Uh, but That's you know fair. what? We're, we're picking at we're, – we're, we're Yeah, they're all – Because these are so all let me ask great, you great players. You could, two, guys, two guys we disagree with. Uh, the, now you have Havlicek in your top 25 and you have Dwayne Wade, but you don't have, um, and we both have Garnett and Baylor and Pippen and Stockton and Isaiah, but let me just check. There's one guy that you don't have at all that I, I was kind of wanting to question you about there. Oh, yeah, so you don't have Dirk Nowitzki. I think that's the only one we agree on. So you have Havlicek over Nowitzki. We both have, you know, uh, David Robinson, Carl Malone, yada, yada, yada. Forget the order. So Dirk against Havlicek. So I have Dirk at 24, and you have Havlicek at 25, right? Yeah. yeah. Why no Dirk? I would, I would. For you. So Dirk would Dirk be, would in, be that in that 20 to 30 range, right? right? Okay. So Never the next, really the next dominated on the defensive end. Was it was a decent rebounder. I can pull up his stats, but, you know, about nine, eight, eight nine rebounds a game. Yeah, eight and a half. Nine, was always yeah. an offensive player. Um, went to two finals, won one, lost one, and I feel like he beat LeBron, Bosch, and Wade almost by himself with a bunch of old Jason Kidd, Jason Terry, older Sean Marion, Chandler. I mean, he kind of won with a bunch of – and remember, Dirk hit all the big shots in that series – Right, right. I, I, all that's true. All that's true. Uh, but, you know, to me, Dirk is very similar to Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett was better defensively. Dirk was better offensively. So those two guys each have, you know, won a championship, lost a championship. Dirk was probably on better teams in Dallas uh, because Kevin had a lot of bad years in Minnesota. And, uh, oh, God, could you imagine if they had Gugliotta? And our boy Steph Barberry, if he could, if they all could get along, and Gugliotta could stay healthy. So, I just when you look at Hondo Havlicek and you look at some of the numbers that he had, he was eleven time All Star. He was he's like sixth or seventh in the NBA in scoring all time, and he was a you know coming off the bench. 
he was still considered to be the best player on the Celtics and, and one of the best players in, in, in all of basketball. So, you know, to me, Dirk is right there. Maybe he's 26, 27, but here's a question for you, right? So if Dirk is in the bottom of your top 25, let's say he's 24, 25, uh-huh. do you have to make – do you think in five years that he'll just be out of the list because you'll add in a yes, Kevin Garnett yes. and you'll add well, in a Steph Curry? That's the that's the next step because honestly I think and I kind of we wrote this out but the next these four gentlemen will be in this list Durant Westbrook Steph Curry and um, and Chris Paul so those four guys are going to take I'm off. I'm not sure about Chris Paul though because Whoa. he has to win. If Chris Paul doesn't win, I, how much higher can he get? Right? Can Chris Paul Stop, ever wait, Stockton didn't win. Stockton didn't win, but Stockton, first of all, went to two finals, and Stockton is the all-time leader in the NBA in steals and in assists. So he did it statistically, and he went to two finals. And and it's no shame in losing to Jordan twice, you know, in his let Let's let's see where Chris Paul goes because I don't know who to take off, but those four guys are going to be pressing this list hardcore. And I don't know if you say, okay, was Pippen more of a, a a real Robin, even though we know how great Pippen was. Do you say, ah, Dirk and KG? You know, I, I don't know who comes off that list. I can't even start to even think about Dwayne Wade because, listen, you know, not only has Wade won, uh, what has he got, three rings? Yeah. Wade, Wade is three and one, but – and he had Wade, an unbelievable final yeah, in those Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wade, Wade is 3-1 with dominating stats. And he's had playoff performances that have been, even when he was taking a backseat to LeBron, he's carried certain games by himself where not so many players can ever say that. So Wade, to me, he can't come off the list. So it'll be interesting to see because I think, okay, let's say not even CP, let's say CP3 doesn't come off. I, I got to believe. Uh, get on the list. I still got to believe Curry, Durant, and Westbrook are going to be on this lick, list, and they're coming fast and furious. Now, yeah, you can knock Durant and win. Westbrook. Listen, you can knock Westbrook and Durant if they never win. Then you have to knock. Sure. sure. Because then they're, you know, then they're great players like Gary Payton and Carmelo and, and you know, Patrick Ewing. They've never won. So let me ask you a guy like Patrick. He's warmed our heart for our New York fans, right? Where where does Patrick fit? Is he he's got to be top thirty, right? He's got to be twenty nine. Maybe he's thirty. Maybe he's thirty four. Like where? It's so hard, right? Like he's twenty five to thirty five. We need to project out yeah. the list a little bit. But the one thing about Patrick is he didn't win. Well, a couple things. He didn't win, and he didn't dominate in his era. He was still statistically behind David Robinson and in championships and in terms of dominance behind Akeem the Dream. Ironically enough, the Dream, he dominated in an NCAA finals, and the Dream dominated him in the 94 NBA finals. No, definitely, and that's that's the that's the hard thing because as much as we love Patrick, man, Akeem got the best of him in that NBA finals that we watched, you know, along with, you know, OJ, and they got that crazy show on now, OJ, <laughs> the people versus OJ. And it makes you think about that because, you know, we were there watching that and it's just like, wow. So listen, we'll get back to this debate. We got to finish off with some college hoops coming up this weekend, little NFL real quick with the NFL before we get into Kansas, Oklahoma and the uh, Xavier getting upset. A um, couple things this week, only thing that's been spoken about and we haven't gotten to chime in is T.O. and Cam Newton. My two cents. Cam Newton, yes, you got to jump on the ball. He didn't. Okay, whatever. Teammates are not going to hold a grudge against him, whatever. Uh, other people have not, you know, done the same, whatever the situation. But he's got to answer better to that on Monday morning or Tuesday morning when he has a press conference and clears his head than what he did. And Cam has to do better in a press conference. But listen, don't rip Cam and make this about his person and character and da 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 when other guys have been sore losers like Manning didn't even shake Drew Brees' hand, walked off the field in the Super Bowl, Colts and Saints. 
And Brady and Belichick didn't give the Ravens props when Ray Lewis and them beat them in, what, 2012. They were kind of sourpusses, walked off the field. So it happens in sports. Don't make it about someone's cow. You know, I think that's where I don't like – like, I can't defend Cam. They're going too far. Action. But but they're going too far. So I would say that. Terrell Owens, we all agree, should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. You got Gary Myers going on, you know, Dan Patrick's show, and these guys making a rounds, and then T.O.'s on first take, and everybody's got to defend themselves or defend this and that. I think that in itself is, is bizarre. He'll probably be in next year. If he doesn't get in next year, then it's a joke and a farce. But if you want to ding him for saying that he destroyed three locker rooms or whatever, I think a lot of that's hearsay. Some players liked him. Some players didn't. To me, if you're going to criticize, you could say he never got a ring and maybe he was a reason. But I don't see, if we're being honest, I don't see where he made Philadelphia a worse team. They got to the Super Bowl, right? Now, he didn't play, but he played in the Super Bowl and was amazing. He, made, he didn't make Dallas worse. He definitely made the Niners better. So that's, that's a hard question for people to say. This is not you know? the Hall of Good Guys. At yeah. the end of the day, it's the Hall of Fame. It's what you do on the field. On the field. This notion yeah. of Terrell Owens didn't make the Hall of Fame because he – he was a cancer in the locker room. Let's say he was. Let's say he yeah. was the worst teammate ever. He delivered on the field, and that's what we're voting on. This isn't a Pete Rose situation where he gambled and his off-the-field stuff should be taken into account. We'll talk about and that he on the baseball show. But he delivered he never on got the in field. Trouble with the law you had to know where he was at all times. Hold on. We have a caller now. Maybe caller wants to chime in on some football or some basketball. Hello, Cole. You're hey guys, on the air. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is uh, Tom. Uh, hey, Tom. How are you Los doing? Angeles. How are you doing? Good, All right, good. Great. Good. Welcome uh, to Rain Thank you very much. So, to be honest, I just uh, I just started listening like 30 seconds ago, so the only part I've heard is T.O. I'd love to talk some basketball. I could talk some T.O., but I guess I'll No, you can talk first, basketball. Uh, kind of Whatever you want to talk. Whatever you want to talk. No, we just went through the All-Star talk. game. What, what are you thinking about, about half, a little past halfway of the NBA season? Are you a Laker fan? I am a Lakers fan. I am a Lakers fan. It's uh, a complicated time to be a Lakers fan because you basically have to cheer for the young guys to do well, but us never to win. (laughs) So it's like my wife sits there watching me watch the games, and I'll be just cheering in the most complicated manner. I'll be like, oh, yeah, way to go, D'Angelo, but don't do well enough. And I'll get pissed when they almost win. So being a Lakers fan is not that exciting right now. We – We'll take our licks right now. We got probably the worst coach in the NBA, and we got some young talent. And Kobe's last season, so just kind of well, still paying the price it. from the Nash trade too. So your your draft pick is is up, and you know depending yeah. on where you finish. So rebuild. Well, let me ask you this, Tom: Who do you want as a coach? Would you be satisfied? Let's be honest. I I don't know if I'm ready to give the reins to Luke Walton. If you don't want him, who who's the coach that you would like? So, I mean, my quick answer right now would be anybody except Scott. But uh, my long-term answer, I mean, I think that uh, there's a few coaches out there that I think got slightly a bad rap. So I'd say uh, uh, Scott Brooks I think isn't as bad as a lot of people think he is. Uh, Thibodeau, if you can just eliminate the Thibodeau plays his players into the ground thing. I'd love to have yeah. him. I worry about him from that extent a little bit, but in terms of elite coaches that are out there right now, I think he'd be fantastic. My worry with Thibodeau is that he seems to be a coach under that Scott Skiles mold of he comes in for three years and then basically the team turns him off. So, I mean, he's only... What about Mark Jackson? One. Did you take Mark? I mean, I think that Mark Jackson... Yeah, I mean, I think he'd be an improvement over Byron Scott. It's just with the team we have right now, I'm more interested in having a coach that I that is a younger coach that I think can grow with the that, that can that can grow with the team, because I think you know, realistically, next season is going to be another really bad one, and then I'd hope that the 2018 free agent season is when we kind of get in. I mean, Luke Walton's interesting. I think Mark Jackson. I I, I wasn't. I wasn't in love with his Golden State coaching tenure. I, I don't think he. I, I also think he got kind of a bad rap because he'd only been a coach for 
two years, but it seems like he rubbed some people the wrong way there. Um, I don't know. He also you know, discovered think, uh, Draymond Green, decided yeah, to yeah. give him all those minutes, and he taught them basically defense, laid, too. laid the foundation for this team. Steve Kerr's not a defensive coach, and yet those guys are playing defense. Let me ask you this, Tom. L.A. historically has always been a great free agent destination. When Jerry West was the GM, even Mitch Kupchak, is it still, in your opinion, an, a destination where, like you say, in, in 17 or in 18, the, in, in those big free agent years, can Will you, you get pull, <laughs> Exactly. Can you bring Westbrook back home? Can you bring Durant with him? Or can you bring another big-time free agent to L.A.? So here's, here's what I think, uh, why this has become such a huge conversation. If you notice something, other than the Greg Monroe signing, which weirdly when he spurned both the Knicks and the Lakers to go to the Bucks, which actually turned out to be a blessing, yeah. I think that the Lakers, if you notice, the players they've been turned down by, which kind of started the stories, they were turned down by Melo and they were turned down by Aldridge. Now, Melo went back to a Knicks team that was just as bad, so I guess you can make the argument there. But the difference is that when the Lakers got Shaq in 1996, I think a lot of people forget that there was still a nice core there. The Lakers were still a playoff team, and the season after that, they were really good. I mean, they kept getting swept out of the playoffs, but they 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 already had a decent core of Van Exel, Jones, when the Lakers have been signed, trying to sign players the last two years, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge is almost 30 years old. Why Why would he come to uh, uh, the Lakers? It just doesn't make sense. I think that this, this draft pick next year is going to be a big deal because I think that at the end of the day, yes, L.A. is still a massive destination. People want to live here, and the Lakers have been down long enough now that any superstar that comes in and brings them back to prominence is going to be adored in this uh, city. Exactly. The thing that the Lakers have, the thing that the Lakers have to make sure not to do is that we are not the Milwaukee Bucks. We are not the Charlotte Hornets. We have no business and do not want to be signing players like DeMar DeRozan or anything. The NBA, a max contract is a max contract. DeMar DeRozan is going to get just as much money as a LeBron James. So all things are not weighted equal. I would rather wait it out and continue to be mediocre as we wait on what I believe to be 2018 is the real year. So I think that this story is going to continue because I don't think we're walking away with anyone unless we want Hassan Whiteside and DeMar DeRozan, who I pray we're not going after this offseason because I would rather, fingers crossed, get a top three draft pick, let the young guys play. And then 2018, I think, is when you're really going to see Durant, Westbrook, Blake Griffin. I mean, it's loaded. 2018 is loaded. So if I'm of the Lakers, I'm saving every dollar of cap space that I can because L.A. is still a destination. And if and you have to get rid of Jim Buss, Tom. You have to get rid of Buss and give it back to Jeannie. We'll bring in Phil Jackson. Jeannie and Jim Buss. Jim Buss gets a rap that I think is a little too extreme. I mean, let's look. Jim Buss has been – the Lakers have been really bad the last three years, and I think he's let them slip to an extent. But it's not all on this guy, right? Under Jim Buss, the Lakers also successfully traded for Chris Paul, which fell through. And the year after, they made a trade that still kills us now. But at the time, trading two first-round picks for Steve Nash and trading Andrew Bynum for Dwight Howard – I mean, that seems like a masterstroke. So, like, you know, I look, the last two years have been an embarrassment, and they've been even the more coaching, an though. He made a mess with the coaching, with the coaching hires. That, that, yeah. that coaching hire is a joke. And I think that Jim Buss right now is, like, a little Vince McManny. I don't know if that's a reference. <laughs> but, like, he, no, we'll, we'll take it as one. Like, he, he wants to do something that, like, makes it seem like, He's a genius. So, like, hiring Byron Scott, that's a disaster. Hiring D'Antoni over Phil Jackson, that was really dumb. I I just think that Jim Buss or not, if Kevin Durant is a free agent in 2018 and the Lakers show that they have three young guys who are good players who are making a total of $10 million and we have $90 million in cap space and can basically say to Kevin Durant, go pick two guys. Well, Durant's a free agent this year. Durant's a free agent this summer. 
Right, right, right. But the fa- I, I think that the odds that Kevin Durant signs with a different team this summer are slim to none because I don't think there's any team other than this whole Golden State BS, which I'm not buying, that yeah. he's going to go to that, that is a better team than OKC. So what I think is is what a lot of people have said is he's going to sign a one-year deal plus a player option to give himself a, a protection and really hit free agency in 2018 when you see Westbrook and Griffin. And there's, there's actually, like, I think – Gordon Hayward. There's there's a, there's a lot of guys. Yeah, it's 17. It's going to be 17, yeah. Well, I think yeah. it also comes Sorry, down 17, to – You have to have something. So I think it also comes down to D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Clarkson, all these pieces. Right. So a few of them have to pan out. And a few of them have to become pieces that you can at least say to an incumbent free agent, hey, these guys are pretty decent, you know. Well, you can Ray, carry we're about the load to lose, and about they'll to help out. Tom. Tom, we're about to lose you. Thanks for calling. Call us back on Monday, man. Great call. Okay. Thanks, guys. We're going to lose Bye-bye. you, man. Bye-bye. Thank you. Appreciate no the problem. call, Tom. Have a great weekend. See you guys. Bye-bye. So, definitely, that was a great call from Tom. He brought up a lot of good points. And I got to say, you know, if you are a Laker fan, Ray, you you got to do what he said. You don't go for DeRozan and the Greg Monroe's and the Hassan Whiteside. You hold out for, Not for max contracts. Right, right, right. You hold out for big dogs. And I do think the end of the day, somebody, whether it's West, listen, Westbrook and Durant could, he's right. Durant could stay and sign a one-year deal with OKC and they could both go to LA together. There's no reason why that can't happen. So he's, he's totally right. I think the Laker fans are in a good place and if you're looking at Clarkson, Russell, and, and um, Julius Randle, they've got a nice little place to, uh, you know, to start and to build from. So, listen, it, it's going to be great. We talked about the football. Real quick, college hoops, Ray. Xavier loses. You know, they better surely win at Butler this weekend or else they're going to really fall far down after that Creighton loss, um, you know, after they maxed out at number five. But are you ready for the rematch of the classic game from just, what, two, two and a half or three weeks ago? Kansas at Oklahoma. Number six, Kansas at number three, Oklahoma. What are your thoughts and who do you think is going to win this game? Is, is it the Buddy Hield, basically the party where he seals the player of the year and the Naismith and the Wooden? Yeah, I think it's the Buddy Hield show. You know, he played great in a loss in Lawrence. And I think he delivers at home. I think that they'll go one and one. They'll meet again in the Big 12 championship. So I like Oklahoma in the game. And then we got Virginia at Duke, which, you know, Duke has won four in a row. We know, you know, Virginia is the top-ranked team, number seven. Could this be sort of where Duke gets themselves back in the top 25 and they start to get on a roll? Or can Virginia yeah, – I think Duke – Duke really needs this victory. Virginia, really it's a nice yeah. to have, but Duke really needs this victory. I mean, they're reeling, and it's February. It's like, okay, guys, this is not December. So, yeah, I like Duke <laughs> in this game. And then, you know, we, we've got, um, you know, always big matchups in the, um, in the Big 12. Texas at Iowa State is going to be a great game. But we also have um, our Tar Heels. Our, um, and then you've got Kentucky, South Carolina, you know, the SEC, sort of their big matchup. But our North Carolina Tar Heels are playing a big game. I guess they're playing against Pittsburgh, which, you know, Pittsburgh is not as good as they usually are, but you got to watch out for them. Michigan State is hosting Indiana. Do you see any upsets this weekend, or are we, are we, are we kind of going to see like a, you know, status quo with the top-seeded teams winning? You know, or you got yeah, to see Dame. some upsets. We're, we're, we're running out of time. So real quick, I think yeah. South Carolina might be able to beat Kentucky. Minor upset. Um, really looking at, you know, can, can Butler potentially upset Xavier? I mean, it's not a huge upset because right, Butler right. is a season team, 17 and 7. Um, I got LSU beating Texas A&M. They're hosting yeah. it. At LSU, right, Ben Simmons. Yeah. All right. Are you Maryland? Are, are you scared for Wisconsin coming to uh, College Park? Uh, no, we had a good game with them before, but I think at the end of the day, Maryland's on a roll, and I think they're you know they're ready to come in first or second in the Big Ten, and I think they take care of Wisconsin. So it's going to be a great. And I guess the only other one, Indiana, who played oh. really well this week, is probably going to break well, back into the top twenty-five. They go to Michigan State. Michigan State so maybe, yeah, I was mentioning it. They can go to the Breslin Center. I don't think they can win there. 
Denzel Valentine. Yogi and the boys, they can shoot. They can score. Yeah, I think Denzel Valentine has just had one of those seasons. This guy's been getting close to triple doubles. He's almost, you know, top five candidate for player of the year. And, um, you know, but I think it's Buddy Hills to lose. I think he'll win it and hold on to it, player of the year, over Ben Simmons. But Ben Simmons, he better win some games. He's got to beat Texas A&M at home. This, This would be the one where if Ben Simmons shows up big, maybe gets a triple-double and gets LSU into the tournament with a win at home against Texas A&M, this is the signature game to look for. for yeah, a he's one of the least impactful, you know, player of the year candidates we've had in a long time. Maybe the totally agree. is better than we're giving him credit for, but he doesn't really make – the. he's so talented, but he doesn't really make – he's the opposite of Danny Manning. He doesn't really carry yeah. his team or make them any better. Now, Danny Manning won as a senior, and Ben Simmons is a freshman – so, you know, that's, that's they not also got to give him the ball, though, right? They forget to give the guy the ball, too. <laughs> so, last, last, last prediction who wins the NBA All Star game, the East or the West? Who are you going with, and who's the MVP? Oh, so, you know what? I'm going to go crazy and say Kobe's the MVP. They're going to keep feeding him and feeding him. And he laid the the foundation a couple weeks ago saying, oh, my ankles hurt and my knees hurt and my joints hurt and my temple hurts and my my clavicle hurts. And He's going to set people up, and he's going to go out there, score 22, and be the sentimental MVP, and I think the West wins. Okay, I'm going to go with the soccer, and I'll take the East and the T-Dot. And I'm going to go with DeMar DeRozan. The home For some reason, play. I think this kid wants to get to L.A. He wants to make that statement. They're playing great. Him and Lowry are playing together. And he wants to show people and, and attacking Clay and Harden that I'm an up-and-coming two-guard in the NBA. So I'll go with DeRozan well, in the East. One, one thirty show. Go enjoy the all festivities. <laughs> yeah. College. <laughs> And we'll definitely we'll talk some Monday. more top 25 and top players. We're not done with this. We want to look at the top 10 centers. Maybe we'll touch on that on Monday. A lot of NBA to go, a lot of college hoops. Enjoy the weekend. Happy Valentine's Day. And uh, we'll be back on President's Day. Enjoy the weekend. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.